The opinions expressed in the following video are not in their entirety endorsed by this podcast. They are instead the focus of our discussion today. This is your content warning. Did Jesus have a tattoo? Well, in Revelation 19, 16, it says this, And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So about a month ago, I made a video and it kind of went viral. And I took a lot of heat for saying that Jesus had a tattoo. But in the Bible, in the King James Version, at least, it says that Jesus has his name written on his thigh. Now, obviously, he didn't go down to his local parlor and get a needle in his thigh and get a real tattoo in that sense. But the cultural equivalent equivalent that we have to Jesus having a name on his thigh is a tattoo. Now, in the Old Testament, it says that we shouldn't mark up our bodies, but that's referring to worshiping pagan gods and idol worship and all those things. And that's for the Jewish people at that specific time. In the New Testament, we don't have that law. We're not bound to that law. So if you're convinced that it's a sin, don't go get a tattoo. But if you're not convinced it's a sin and you want to honor God with your body in that way by maybe getting a tattoo that honors him, go do it. We don't live by these legalistic standards and rules. We live by freedom in Christ because we're not saved by our works. We're saved by our faith. Joshua, are you seeing double? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like looking at <laughs> twins. Jeez. Don't say that. We get that we get that way too often. Uh, man, you know the good thing about me. The, well, the good thing oh. about me is I look nothing like my brother, so it's easy it's to pick. True. There's a, there's a fairly part. substantial like height discrepancy between the two of you, isn't there? And and weight for that matter. Like let's just yeah, at the least. Yeah, uh, no, no, nothing against Jacob whatsoever, but he could eat you. Um, I think so. Yeah, we don't uh, get a lot of I'm good, dude. I got a bone to pick with you, though. I wanted to yeah, save this for the me? podcast. Yeah, I want to save oh. this for the podcast. You didn't even know um, about this. All right, we'll, we'll get into it in right. just a second. Uh, for those of you that are tuning in, thank you so much. This is uh, the Content Morning Podcast, uh, a Bible Meets Culture podcast. We break down modern uh, theology versus biblical content. On with us today, as always, myself uh, and Joshua, who's, who's about to do some bone picking here in a second. Uh, but I have on with me today uh, nobody who's related to me whatsoever. Uh, I'm just kidding. This is my my younger brother. I don't say little. I've been able to say little brother in a very long time. This is my younger brother, Harrison. Harrison, what's up? How's it going? How's it going? I'm excited to be here. Uh, I know that y'all like to talk a lot about how when you have guests on that you are no longer the smartest people on the podcast. Well, uh, so <laughs> that's true. Generally, there's always exceptions to the rule. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not ready to say that I'm the least intelligent person on this podcast, but I have no problem admitting that I'm not the smartest person. Y'all take that how you want. Well, yeah, well, that's okay. I I'm do feel bad I'm for never... our listeners because if they're just listening to this, y'all sound so much alike. They're not going to know who's talking. It'll be okay. We're on the same screen anyway, so it's not like it'll matter all that much. So if, it, if you true. think Harrison's the smart one, that's fine. We'll just let you go with it. He needs something every once in a while uh, in, in his life. But uh, Josh, are you, are you picking a bone with me before or after? Like, does it have to do no. with the actual topic? Did I pick the no, wrong not video? at all. Not at all. I just okay. want you to know that I'm mad at you. Um, I'm, mad at you. I'm mad at you because yesterday was leg day. And all uh, I could think about was how much I hate you. And yeah. uh, because leg day is the worst. And leg then I went home and four miles. And you have to. it just made me, which made me hate you so much more. You have to, if you don't, if you don't do cardio on or after leg day, you didn't actually do leg day. Uh, it's like, it's like, it's like doing arms or chest and then trying to do pushups. If you can still do pushups afterwards, then you didn't actually work out. I just um, have a bone to pick with you because I never did leg day until you forced me. And now it's, well, now I got to do it. Well, it's your you know, fault. I, I will gladly, I will gladly take that. Um, you know, before you met me, you had chicken legs, so that's why you always wore jeans and boots. Now, now you can bust out shorts, and it'll be okay. Um, See, I, no, <laughs> no. A man should never be uncovered. A man should never that's be right. uncovered. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of, as I say, speaking of coverings and things that should or shouldn't be on your body. Uh, and what a segue! <laughs> great transition. Did you like that? <laughs> <laughs> we are. Uh, we if you if you if you're watching or listening, you've already either heard or seen the video that uh, that we we've put up today. We're actually going to talk about tattoos. 
um, Christians and tattoos, and we might broaden this out uh, just a little bit to, to kind of encompass uh, anything that we're going to say Christians should or shouldn't adorn their bodies with, quote unquote, uh, if you want to use that kind of language. Uh, but tattoos for, have been for a really, really long time a, a hot topic amongst Christians in general. And, and Joshua, maybe you can speak to this, but I, I've heard people from both ends of the spectrum. When I say ends of the spectrum, I mean uh, guys that have no problem uh, if if Christians get like a, a giant FU written across their forehead, and then guys on the other end of the spectrum uh, that believe that uh, getting, I've actually heard this before, so like this is a legitimate conversation I've had with somebody, that when you get a tattoo, you're cutting your skin, and that it's creating a hole for demons to enter into your body to possess you. Um, like, and so I'm, there's both ends of this spectrum. And I think there's a lot of Christians out there that kind of fall in this happy medium. I think there's a lot of Christians out there that would, uh, would love to have tattoos, but would never want anybody to know they had tattoos. And, and that's a whole, that, that there's a conversation we can have in and of, in and of that topic as well. But we're talking about Christians and, and tattoos, man. So like, what, where, where do you, I'm not going to say like, where do you stand necessarily, but what did you, uh, what did you think of the, of the video that we've got going on? Well, I thought the use of uh, saying that Jesus has a tattoo is a little far-fetched as far as biblical interpretation goes. Um, I I also think that a big challenge that modern Christians have is, especially those who really take reading the Bible seriously, is that we want to take verses out of their context and just plaster them. It's the Philippians 4.13 problem. You know, every football... Uh, locker room has Philippians 4.13 plastered on their locker room wall, whether that's like public school, private school, whatever. And all the players, you know, slap the verse as they walk out. Like I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, I don't think that verse had anything to do with playing a football game. You know, I, I hope that you're going with Christ in your football game, but I don't know that, that the Lord is necessarily worried about you winning or losing that game. Well, the same goes for tattoos. <laughs> You know, everybody wants to take the prohibitive verse, and there's only one prohibitive verse in the entire Bible. It is in the Old Covenant, and we'll talk about this later, but it has absolutely nothing to do with tattoos in the modern-day sense. It has everything to do with pagan ritual and with not being like the cultures of uh, that were around religiously in that time. So... A um, lot to discuss here, but as far as the video goes, um, I, I think it. we talked about this yesterday a little bit. It's kind of a clickbaitish video, it is. and uh, it all, is. All, the, all the TikToks that we review are, you know, or else we wouldn't get a hold of them. That's but uh, yeah, you know, this, this one, um, I'm not necessarily sure, first of all, that the grammar of the Greek text lends itself to saying that Jesus has the, the title inscribed on his thigh i think it's right, on his right, right. robe um and then the the use of that parallel in isaiah's use of of yahweh who has the names inscribed on his hand um, right. i just think we, there's a lot more to look at than what is actually presented for sure so you always you, you mentioned not being the smartest guy in the, in the podcast would you like to break down the greek syntax for us absolutely <laughs> yeah please I do am, i am first and foremost <laughs> a greek language scholar so <laughs> no, I'm definitely not going to do that. But I, I, uh, I do I agree with with a lot of what you just said. I thought that the feller in the video was um, am I, should I not say feller. You can say feller. I just that's <laughs> you're not you're not you're not doing yourself any favors yeah. by by saying that you're not you know trying to figure out who's the smartest and not smartest in the room. The uh, individual that was <laughs> broadcasting on the TikTok <laughs> was. Uh, uh, it's very interesting how he he wanted to take a verse from from Revelation and what, in my opinion, seemed like. And I know that y'all talk a lot about um, you know not trying to uh, uh, figure out exactly what they're trying to say. I mean, it's a minute long TikTok, and you know don't want to assume anything. Yeah, there's but, a lot of reading between the lines. Right. It seems like he took a very um, obscure verse and then tried to use that verse to say that tattoos are okay, uh, which is. I don't know. I was talking with a buddy of mine before we got on this, uh, just in kind of prepping for this, and he he used the word reckless. I think that that, that might be a pretty good word uh, to use. Mm-hmm. That's kind of 
some of my yeah. thoughts on that. We, we don't ever well, want to assume that guys are, are using like the wrong motives for some of this stuff. But to yeah. me, there was to, to me the video looked as like this guy who who because he, he's made a couple of videos on tattoos in general, right? This is not the only video that this guy's made, and so to me it seemed a lot like okay, look, here's a verse that kind of maybe alludes to something that sounds like a tattoo, and since tattoos are not technically anywhere in the Bible prohibited. I can use this as kind of like a, well, hey, this is kind of a fun thought to play off of. Um, and, and so well, I, I think here, here's the thing. Um, I, I agree with what he says in the video insofar as Christians getting tattoos, and we'll qualify that throughout this video, I'm sure, but Christians yeah. getting tattoos is not something that's going to throw you headfirst into the fires of hell. How he got to that conclusion and how I get to that conclusion are two different Very things. Yeah. Very yeah. So, yeah. So, so that's kind of the point that I, that I, was, yeah, I was trying to make. So, yeah. so let's bring this down from the video's perspective. The very first thing he, he addresses there is Revelation chapter 19 and verse 16. For those of you that aren't unfamiliar with what that says, uh, it says, And he has a name written on his robe and on his thigh, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Um, so just from a, a share of language, which to me is hysterical, right? You talk about taking this out of context. We use uh, the term Swiss cheese the th- 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 Theology. theology. Philosophy would be a good one too, but Swiss, Swiss cheese theology uh, is what it is. And he pulls this out of, and, and so Joshua, I'll let you talk about this a little bit, Just, but, but for those that maybe are unfamiliar with the book of Revelation, uh, the book of Revelation uses a tremendous, probably more so than any other book in the New Testament, amount of symbolism uh, and hyperbolic language, uh, apocalyptic language for sure. Um, and so when you look at that particular verse in the context of what, what John is writing there, I find it funny that he says that he has this name written on his robe and on his thigh and kind of plays to that alluding to a tattoo, but he says nothing about the robe that he's wearing being made of blood or that he's got a sword coming out of his mouth or multiple crowns. It says that his eyes are like fire. Um, uh, Sorry, it says the robe is dipped in blood. Uh, There were armies that were following him on white horses, uh, horses wearing pure white linen. Uh, Like there's, there's all of this super symbolic language. Verse 18 talks about. Yeah, yeah, eating the flesh of the kings and the military of the commanders. Um, so there's there's so much context around this to pluck that one out of nowhere. Uh, I say of nowhere, but like completely out of the middle of what all this is. Uh, like I said, I don't want to assume that he's doing it maliciously, uh, but re- reckless would would definitely be a term to to use there uh, for for sure. But uh, Joshua, I'll kind of let you kind of lead into this, but there's. There's a lot of explanations as to what this verse could potentially mean in its symbolism uh, context, in symbolistic context, I'll say. Yeah, so two things to keep in mind with Revelation. Uh, One is that symbolism has a purpose, and two is that the purpose does not always apply to us in the modern day. So uh, when we see the symbolism in 19 with like the, the sword coming out of his mouth, the eyes of fire, those things, that echoes the description of Jesus in chapter 1. It's a literary device to say the person you see is the same person we began with. In chapter 19, we're kind of getting towards the end. We're not at the end, but towards the end of Revelation. And we're just picking back up on that character um, and that literary description. Um, the The issue with the with the name and what's written and where it's written is all about how the word and functions in that verse. So in Greek, it's the word chi, and chi has a multitude of functions. Um, Here, it it can be one of two things, and translations differ, just to be completely honest. So if you're looking at this in your Bible, and then you go to a different translation, you might see something different. So the Bible that I use... He he references King James, right? Uh, and I believe I think I think so. he referenced, in the video he references the King James, and I'm fairly positive the King James, the New King James, maybe the Christian Standard, and possibly the ESV, all, all kind of translate that the same. And then I think if you go and look at like the the New American Standard, the the NIV, maybe um, it's slightly different. Yeah. But anyway. So, well, the the, um, the the issue is is the what is the name first of all because it says he has a name written right. Um, Let's see, where is it? He has a name written on his clothing, my translation says, and then it says, and on his thigh, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And so my translation does not take the phrase King of Kings and Lord of Lords as the name. And I don't necessarily think that I would either, 
Uh, it seems right. like those are two different things. But another thing is that in the ancient world, it was typical for kings and leaders to have their name written on their clothing uh, in the area that would drape over their thigh if they were sitting on a horse. Yeah. So that's that's something else to keep in mind because Revelation sure. is written at a certain time with a certain audience with a certain culture. Um, so is it written on his clothing or is it written on his skin? Who in the world knows and honestly who in the world cares because yeah. the emphasis is not where the title is but what the title is. He is king, yeah. king and lord of lords. I told you, is, my is, brother got on here and he's like, "Hey, he's like, are, are we going to do any editing on this?" I was like, "Nope. Generally, whatever happens, happens." So, uh, so that that'll be that'll be really interesting. You started. I mean, well, I, there, somebody, I hope that's not the same. I hope yeah, that's not the same sign as uh, when Brandon Robertson had the lightning flash and and all the yeah. power in the church went out. That would be, that <laughs> would be, yeah. that would be funny. You know, I think that's somebody coming to smite you. Uh, but yeah, so that, that that makes the most obvious one. I think I told you this uh, maybe yesterday we were talking. Uh, it was one of those deals where uh, I made the comment, is it possible? Like, is there some realm of possibility where, where John is painting the symbolistic picture and that there is writing on his physical thigh? Sure. Uh, is it probable? No, it's probably not. Um, but but I, I think to try to debate what that is is completely missing the point of the text itself. Um, right. I was actually, here, sorry, go ahead. Here, here, okay, here's another thing we have to remember, and I, I should have mentioned this earlier. Jesus, Jesus has a resurrected body. Okay, when Paul talks about him after the resurrection, he calls him the man, Jesus. Okay, he he is a he he has a resurrected physical body. We know that he it, it's changed somehow. He can move through. Uh, rooms without opening the door you know we we read those stories but he still has the scars he has to eat or even if he doesn't have to eat he does eat and has the ability to eat um, because he eats with uh, john and peter on the shore you know at the end of john so he has some kind of physical resurrected body i think in in revelation even though we have these kind of uh, symbolistic changes i am more inclined to think that those have some kind of representation for something rather than a physical description. I think the same is true with the description of heaven. You know, we, we sing about the streets of gold and the pearly gates. Well, I'm, I'm not sure heaven has streets of gold and pearly gates insofar as the physical right. entity itself, right? Um, I think John was just using language that he had to describe what he saw to the best of his ability. So I don't know of any time in Jesus's physical life where he uh, got the name or the title King of Kings and Lord of Lords inscribed on his thigh. Right. Um, so if, if we're talking about that resurrected body, then one of those many other signs. Yeah. Too. It's one of those things that John talks about that there are many other signs and things that were done, but these are written. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, thoughts. Uh, I concur. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I got you. No, so, and taking it back to the video, I, I thought it was, I wrote it down, but I thought it was interesting how, you know, he takes a verse from Revelation and then starts talking about the cultural equivalent that we have as a tattoo. And it's like, we're sitting here trying to figure out what this even means, but you're telling us that there's a cultural equivalent. Right. <laughs> I and mean, it just seemed, uh, yeah. seemed, I don't know, like, yeah. far fetched is what I think Joshua used. And I think that that's yeah. very true. Yeah. 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 And, uh, clearly, clearly when, when he's referring to the tattoo that Jesus had, he makes this clarification in the video when he says the tattoo that Jesus had is not. It's not what we think of when we think of tattoos and like he went down to his local parlor and got it done with like a needle and ink, but it would have been in the ancient time. Like, cause, I mean, there's you, there's historical evidence to support this. In ancient times, tattoos were a thing. Um, you know, all, all sorts of, of armies and soldiers would have tattoos. It, he, he's trying to make that, that connection. But but again, I think he's completely missed the point there of, of Revelation. So that's that's Revelation nineteen sixteen, right? Is this idea? It was actually right. kind of funny reading through the comments on that particular uh, video. If if you're able to find the actual video on TikTok, the number of people that were kind of like throwing this guy under the bus was really interesting. But the thing that kept coming up was a birthmark, um, which Josh, I, I, you told me that was a super popular belief. I had never heard that until I started looking through this guy's comments that it was referring to a birthmark that Jesus had. Uh, but anyway, I, I, I digress on that, not to derail this. It's a very specific uh, birthmark. 
I know, right? It's, it's, it's a very specific birthmark. Um, but then he, he references, uh, Joshua, you kind of alluded to this. That there's, there's one particular passage that everybody wants to go to uh, when it talks about why Christians shouldn't get tattoos. Um, you want to talk about Christians not being able to get tattoos, why it, it would be considered sinful. Uh, you would go all the way back to the book of Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 28. Uh, which says, you are not to make gashes on your body for the dead or put tattoo marks on yourselves. I am the Lord. Um, and, and so, Joshua, I'm sure you have probably heard this before. I'm sure you probably have the same response that I have. Leviticus 19, 28. Um, one, again, it's, it's a verse that is constantly taken out of context. But, but for, those, uh, for those that may be unaware, um, this is one of 613 Levitical laws. That, that are given to the Jewish people. And yet, for some reason, because uh, earlier in this particular context, and I don't, I can't remember exactly, uh, it's either earlier or just after this particular context, there is a, a comment in there about not wearing uh, mixed linen clothing, right? Um, and, and so, uh, and, and look, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Don't hate your brother. Don't uh, rebuke your neighbor directly. Uh, you know, don't oppress your neighbor to rob him. Don't steal. Like, there's all of these different things that are through here. Uh, and and if you've got a Bible, a lot of this will probably be in the realm of laws of, of holiness. If you've got little, like, headings in your in your Bible, that's probably what a lot of this stuff will say. Um, but but there's so much of this stuff that, that comes into play here. And so for us to go, okay, yeah, it also says you're not to put tattoo marks on yourself. So there you go. That's uh, that that's 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 absolutely a reason why uh, Christians shouldn't get tattoos. Well, there's 613 of these Levitical laws. So which of these 613 Levitical laws are we supposed to keep and which ones are we not? Because nobody ever makes the argument that I'm not allowed to wear a T-shirt that's 50 percent cotton and 50 percent polyester. Um, there's a there's a verse in here, uh, you're, the verse 26. So like right after this, you're not taking anything with blood in it. Guys, I'm here to tell you that if you eat your steak well done. Uh, something's wrong with you, uh, and so like there, there's just you need, you need Jesus. Yeah, I mean, there's there's just there's, there's so many of these things. Uh, you're not to cut off your hairs at the sides of your head or mar the edge of your beard. Um, I trimmed my beard yesterday, uh, and so Same. like there, there's exactly. So I mean, how many of these Levitical laws? Because again, there's 613 of them. Most people agree on that. Um, there might be some out there that would say there's actually like 620 something or something like that. But 613 is, is the, the number that is, it is widely accepted in academic circles. Um, Joshua, correct me as a PhD candidate, if I'm wrong on that. Uh, You're right. But, but, but see, he's right. Uh, he, he agrees with me. Um, <laughs> one knock for no, two knocks for yes. So I mean, that's, that's, it is what it is. Um, and so that's, Again, you're talking about pulling a text, and he defends this part. Like this is, and this is kind of the thing that I think we agree with him on the video. He he defends this position in the sense that you can't use this verse to to argue against tattoos because this is about this is a Jewish law given to a Jewish people about pagan practices uh, and 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 demon. I don't say demon worship. But the closest thing that I can think of to, to what they're referring to is, is demon worship. Um, the, the cuts and marks on your body would be, a, I think, Joshua, you said, a worshiping for the dead. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, a lot to, to unpack with this verse. I want to kind of comment on what you said about what laws do we take and what laws do we don't. Um, there's been a kind of a tradition to divide the law of Moses up into three categories. You have moral laws, which are applicable all the time throughout all of history and all of culture, like don't kill, okay, don't commit murder. Um, and, and then there are civil laws that are like, if your ox gores someone to death, what do you do? Mm -hmm. And and then there are ceremonial laws, like wash your hands and put on new clothes before you go into the tabernacle. And okay? mm -hmm. um, the problem with that is every law in the law of Moses reflects holiness to some degree. You know, right. that's that's kind of a pet peeve of mine. Like you mentioned, the subheadings, like these are the laws concerning holiness. Well, all the right. laws concern holiness because it's God's law to his people to keep them holy. Uh, right. So at the least, we have to say that uh, the prohibition against tattoos has something to do with that. But in what context? Right. That's the issue. Now, the word for tattoo, I think every translation translates this as tattoo. Even the King James, 
So I, I don't, I, I didn't look, but I think tattoo is what comes up all the time. Now, yeah. if you look this word up in the Hebrew lexicon, the, the scholarly lexicon that we use, it says tattoo, and then it says, but we really don't know. Yeah. So be, best okay. guess is that this is talking about a drawing that people would put on their bodies, be it permanent or temporary, yeah. uh, to ward off evil yeah. spirits. Yeah, so so I just I, I'm just I'm looking this up for you. The King James version actually says, uh, "Nor print any marks upon you." Okay, um, all right. Well, the I King figured James they wouldn't use tattoo. A few that, that actually doesn't use the the word tattoo. Uh huh. Um, but it's the but same most principle. Other, most other translations will will use the right. word tattoo. Right. Another thing we have to remember is that there are Hebrew writes in parallelism. So when you have something in one line and something else in the second line. They either complement or contrast. In right. this case, it complements. We're talking about slashing your body for the dead right? and then putting a tattoo on yourself. Both of those have very clear paganistic overtones. So uh, it, it's not necessarily saying you can never get a tattoo, even in Jewish culture. Yeah. What it is saying, which people wouldn't tattoo themselves in Jewish culture uh, at all anyways and still... Orthodox Jews today don't right. tattoo themselves. Um, but it's saying this is a paganistic practice that all of your surrounding neighbors are going to do. And, you know, looking at Israel throughout their history, what was their main problem? Their main problem was wanting to do what their neighbors were doing. Right. So um, it, it is a prohibition to make them different than the surrounding people. If you want to take this principle and put it in the New Testament, it's 1 John uh, 2, 15 through 17. Don't love the world or the things in the world, right? Stay away from the things of the world. Now, I think there, uh, too, we're talking about issues of uh, morality, behavior, how you live, not necessarily um, right. matters of, of, like, tattoos, for instance, since we're talking yeah. about it. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think I'm not going to um, go into uh, language and everything because I'm just too smart, so. too smart for that. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, my, my main takeaway whenever you're, you're looking at this verse in Leviticus is um, and tying it back to the video and tying it back to what we just talked about, while I think it is very far-fetched to take a verse from Revelation to say that, that tattoos are, are okay and permitted, I think it's also very far-fetched to come to this verse or to, you know, 1 Corinthians, which is typically the uh, the other standing. Yeah, but I'm about, to, yeah, I'm about to pull that one up. I think it's also very far-fetched to go to either one of these places to say that sea tattoos are, are, are not prohibited. Yeah. Um, so I think that there's a lot more to talk about when we're talking about tattoos and the places that we that we go to either justify or to say that they're not allowed yeah. um, are, are probably not the places to go, in, in my opinion. Well, so, so that kind of brings us into the next question, right? So you've got the Revelation verse, you've got the Leviticus verse, and it seems like everybody's on one side or the other, but we're all trying to answer the same question, right? And the bottom line of it is, is everybody wants to know, are, are tattoos sinful? Is it sinful for a, a, a Christian to get a tattoo? Josh, I think you kind of answered this earlier as we, we kind of started out this whole deal. Um, but it was when I, I told you I was reading the comments on, on this guy's video before I sent it to you and, and to Harrison. Uh, and one of the guys quoted, uh, quoted, sort of quoted, First uh, Corinthians chapter three and verse sixteen, which is the other verse that a lot of people generally throw out in this particular argument when it comes to an argument for or against tattoos. Uh, is the idea First Corinthians chapter three and verse sixteen says, "Don't you yourselves know that you are God's temple and that the Spirit of God lives in you?" Verse seventeen. If anybody, this is what the guy quoted, right? If anybody destroys, in parentheses, he put tattoos. God's temple, God will destroy, in parentheses, he put hell, uh, him. for God's temple is holy, and that is what you are. Um, and so a lot of people go to, to 1 Corinthians 3, 16, 17, they go, see, hey, look, this right here says your body is God's temple, and you should not do anything to destroy that. Ironically, nobody has ever quoted this verse, at, well, let me, let me press Nobody in my family has ever quoted this verse right after family Thanksgiving, after we've all borderline <laughs> gone down the gluttony trail, right? Like nobody's ever quoted this and, and gone like, this is why you shouldn't eat McDonald's. 
This is why you shouldn't drink too many energy drinks. Nobody ever uses this verse for all of the quote-unquote normal behavior. Uh, so if you're listening to this, you never see me use the air quotes. But I use when I say quote-unquote, I'm always, always using my air quote fingers. Um, but for some reason or another, tattoo. And again, so here's the other part of this, right? I've never, and maybe Joshua, you have. And, and it actually kind of surprises me because I grew up in a pretty conservative uh, church environment. Um, I've never heard anybody use this verse as as a um, defense for why young women aren't allowed to get piercings. Um, but for some reason, when it, when it comes to tattoos, all of a sudden this verse is applicable to everything. Uh, and, and that's my only problem with this particular passage i don't i don't think that i don't think that tattoo qualifies as destroying god's temple um if you're just decorating god's, <laughs> decorating god's temple um, so here, here's well, the does say something about that actually so um, but uh but but so that, that's kind of the other part so again i i guess i'll answer it there one and we'll have this conversation too there's a difference between simple and wise all right, let, let me put that up there. Um, but to just say that tattoos are sinful for a Christian to have, um, and I'm gonna put a, I'm gonna put an asterisk. So if you're if you're listening to this, there's an asterisk next to this. In in just the soul having a tattoo is that sinful? No. When it comes to the motives and the purposes and and what that tattoo is and does, uh, I think that's a whole other conversation. Which is why I think the tattoos, generally speaking. Uh, and, and I mean, you're talking to a guy full disclosure that has, has a tattoo. I think generally speaking, more guys, he didn't think I was going to admit that out loud on this podcast. Uh, you know, that 90% of the people I interact with already know I have one anyway. Um, so, so I, I'm not going to get fired for this. If I get fired for this as well, never mind. We won't go down that rabbit hole. Um, but, uh. But I mean, there's there there are are I would I would definitely say that there are more unwise tattoos out there than wise, and and dude, goodness gracious, guys. Um, so it, it's it's one of those things where uh, I think, and I, I told you this last night uh, before before we actually got on here. Um, I would say on the low end, eighty percent of Christians that have tattoos probably have tattoos that are unwise or they didn't think through enough. On the high end, I would say all the way upwards of like 97% of Christians that have tattoos did not do enough thinking and research on the tattoos that they have. Um, and, and so I think that's, I think, I think it definitely more times than not falls into the unwise category, but just it is having a tattoo a, a straight up sin on every single occasion? No. Um, that's, that's my opinion. So that's a long way to, that's a long way to, to give you a, a two letter answer. Um, but, but anyway, Joshua, I'll let, I'll let you, I'll let you go with that. And I'll let Harrison, I'll let Harrison correct me. So, well, let me, let me say something about the first Corinthians, uh, three passage, because this goes so ignored and, and rightly so, because you can't see it in English. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul says, do you not know that you or that your bodies are the temple of God, right? Um, both of the U's there are plural. Right. So translate it this way. Do you all not know, right? Um, yeah. You can say y'all. We're, we're all Southern here. Yeah. I know it's not, it's not the actual Greek, but you know. So, well, the, the question then is, what does he mean by saying, do y'all not know? that y'all's body, right? So yeah. what does that mean? Is he talking about their individual bodies? He's actually not. He's talking right. very clearly about the community of believers. Right. So a, your individual body has nothing to do. Now, I believe in a personal indwelling of the Spirit, but I believe you get it from other passages besides this one. We're talking right. about the whole Spirit. The temple of, of God is the church proper, the body of Christ. Okay? Yeah. That's what that passage is saying. So people who want to say, I'm with you a thousand percent. One of these days I'm going to preach a sermon on gluttony because it is my pet peeve. Uh, we we are so quick to say, don't get your belly button pierced if you're you know a young lady. Don't get a tattoo. Uh, don't don't dye your hair because you're you're changing the yeah. temple of God. And then we're like, yeah, but earrings are okay. And if you need dental work done, that's okay. Right. 
Now, all of these things that, that alter our physical bodies many times for the better, and it's like, don't get a tattoo, but let's have a fellowship meal after church and gorge ourselves to the point where we don't even have Sunday night service because we know everyone's going to be too tired from overeating. <laughs> hey, man, don't you be knocking churchy church. I love me some and, churchy church. <laughs> I, so this, this verse, 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17, was a huge verse for me uh, working yeah. on my master's thesis because I wrote it on fasting. Yeah. And it it do, it makes me so worked up, just to be yeah, honest. Not good. We're, we're, we're like, yeah, don't don't go do this, but eat four chocolate pies. Right. I remember uh, I remember one time not to not to get too too sidetracked from the actual topic at hand, but uh, I do remember one time somebody asked me, like, what's it? I was like, what is there any he said, is there any real difference between drunkenness and gluttony? I said, from, from a biblical perspective, not really other than their definition, right? Like, I don't care the same consequences. I said, the only the only real difference between these guys, the only real difference between drunkenness and gluttony is is that legally, uh, legally, I'm allowed to eat 24 donuts and then go drive my car. Uh, and, and I'm not allowed to drink 24 beers and then go drive my car. Um, but that's that's really the only the only difference there. Uh, well, yeah, look, if you're, you're going to take the, if you're going to sorry, take the don't alter your body, that far, yeah. You wind up having a Jehovah's Witness perspective on things like you can't have, you can't go to the hospital, you can't take medicine, you can't because all of that is altering your body. And well, I, mean, it's I am simple, not it's willing simple to go that far. Well, I mean, it's the simple thing of weight loss and dieting, right? Like, if I'm going to diet sure. to lose weight because I feel like I want to get healthier, um, is that not altering the temple? Um, and in a lot of regards, dieting can be unhealthy if you're not doing it yeah. properly. Uh, and, and so there's, like I said, you, we, we start talking about, you've got to be really careful with the word of God. And we talk about this all the time, that there's so much that gets pulled out of context uh, here and there and yonder. But, uh, I, and I think you kind of answered it like earlier on, um, but you, you made the comment that this is not, this is, you know, getting a tattoo is not, you know, uh, a high dive head first into the, to the, the depths of hell uh, uh, sin, right? Like this is, and, and so we'll, we'll talk about this, but I want to get Harrison's take on this, the idea of it being simple yeah. versus, versus maybe wise or unwise. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, I'm going to have a lot of similar thoughts. Uh, I also, uh, full disclosure, have a tattoo and I told Nathan I was going to wear a, a sleeveless shirt just so I could, just so I could be sitting here staring at everybody. The whole time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was, and I actually did get mine at uh, eight. It's been over 10, it's been about 10 years now since I've, since I've got mine. I was 16 when I got it. So, um, and I'm 20. Has that been 10 years? Yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> um, that's, we're old. That's, that's really, I, I, I didn't realize it had been that long until just now. <laughs> I made a second. Um, but anyway, it was, it was the same thing, you know, then as uh, the, the same verses, the same arguments. Um, in 1 Corinthians, and of course, you, you flip over a few chapters later in uh, chapter 6, we talk about your temple again uh, in chapter 6 in a mm-hmm. very different context, which even which even is more irritating than I can see. But I think, you know, it, it was the same thing. I remember thinking at, at 16, uh, why does this only apply to tattoos whenever there are so many other things that we do to our bodies that are not healthy that are, are totally fine and totally normal. So I think whenever you're getting back to the, well, the wise and fine and normal are probably not because I, I totally, totally yeah. to, well, I mean, nobody, you, nobody would tell you you're going to hell. Well, I mean, you, you yeah, well, that's like I said, you, well, and so it's just my, like, if you, if you take this so far, right. And again, not to get too hedged down, but like we were, we were all teenage guys once upon a time. Like we did some really stupid stuff that put our bodies in harm's way that nobody would have ever said was, was sinful. Um, Almost everybody would have said it wasn't smart, <laughs> um, you know, to, to, to just stand there and let a guy throw a frozen eggs at you or something like that. I mean, uh, but, but I mean, I didn't do that, by the way. Uh, I'm just I'm just going to clarify. I was if there was if there's a guy on this podcast that allowed that to happen to him, it was not me. Uh, um, so so uh, but but the the let's let's shift shift focus here for a second. Let's. I think everybody kind of agrees that it's not necessarily simple. Um, but Joshua, talk for a second, or Harrison, whoever, I, I don't care. Um, I feel like I'm talking too much. So talk about it from a, a wise versus unwise perspective. Uh, some of the things that, that somebody, because like I said, my, my personal opinion is that on the low end, 80% of Christians don't think enough about it before they get a tattoo. 
So what are some things that you might you might need to consider if, if you're looking at this from, is it a wise versus an unwise decision? Well, I'm going to let Harrison start because Harrison has, as he's already admitted, he's gone through sure. this process of thinking about what he's going to I don't, I, I'll full disclosure, I don't have that. Yeah, and at 16, you know, there probably wasn't much of a as much thought as there would be now. Um, but I mean, you know, that, that wise versus unwise um, thought process can go in so many different directions. And there is so much to, to unpack there, you know, um, and, and I think everybody's situation is different. Um, you know, again, talking with, with a buddy before this, this podcast, uh, he, he mentioned about how uh, he grew up in a very, even more conservative than we grew up. Yeah. Small church where he knew that, you know, close to a hundred percent of the people there were, were uh, in the, uh, had shared the mindset that if you had a tattoo, you're going to hell and that the elders there felt that way. And so he said, you know, if, 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 if under that eldership, uh, I decided the heck with that, I disagree. I'm going to go get a tattoo. I mean, that just, just there is, is almost disrespectful to, to your leadership, uh, to the people around you. So I think, yeah. you know, I think that's something that has to, and, and I have a lot of thoughts on that too, but uh, I think that's something that, that has to be brought up. That's something that you have to, to, uh, to think about what are your motivations behind getting the tattoo? Yeah. Um, if it's, if it's because you want to fit into the, the biker gang that you're with, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, or if it's uh, something your motivation, the content of the tattoo. I mean, there, there's so many things that, that do go into it. I don't, I think that, that you absolutely can get a, a tattoo that in some ways glorifies God. And, and it can be something that uh, is a wise decision. Uh, but I do think that there's just so much that you can get into there. So, you know, you also have a tattoo. I do. I'm already admitted to being a heathen online as well. Um, so, no, I, I agree. Uh, I think one of the big questions that uh, – and, and I, I hate to bring this up, but it, it's it's such a valid question. I've got I've got a barn burner of a question here toward toward the end of this, Joshua. That I just want you to get ready for, because um, I think it's a question that needs to be asked, and I think that it's one that gets debated a lot. I think Paul addresses it, uh, but I hate to bring this one up because it's an argument that always gets used, and the here's why you shouldn't get a tattoo. But I think it's an important question to ask um, when you talk about is is a tattoo wise or unwise, uh, is there, is there a possibility that you're going to regret getting what it is that we've got? Right. Uh, to this day, our grandmother still thinks that we're going to regret the tattoos that we have. Uh, when we, when we're 60, 65, 75, 85, we make it that long. Um, you know, she still to this day thinks we're going to regret having tattoos. And, and I think that that's a valid question to ask yourself. If there's any, yeah. if there's any possibility that you're going to regret having what it is that you have now, you also have to understand that one of the big things that I, and, and, and so I, I hate to use this, but tattoos in and of their nature, I don't know that they, they can be sinful in themselves, especially when you consider, um, I, I remember having this conversation, wise versus unwise, but some people don't have a choice with their tattoos. Um, if you've ever met a Holocaust survivor, they've got a tattoo. Um, right. and, 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 you know, well, they didn't choose to have that tattoo. That's right, they didn't. But is it a sin on their part that they have one? Um, and, and I'm not, I would, ne- you know, no, I was like, well, no, that's, that's totally different. I was like, but it's a tattoo. So like, is your problem with the physical tattoo itself or is your problem with people actively making a decision to get it, which is where the wise versus unwise conversation comes into. So things along the nature of, uh, you know, is it, is it going to be a hindrance to, are you getting it out of a rebellious attitude, um, is, is a big consideration. Might she regret it? Uh, what is it? I don't think enough people act like, you know, there's, there, there's all these different things. And again, if you want to start trying to eliminate everything that has pagan roots from your modern day thing, like you can't say things like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Like, I mean, there's just, there's right. so many things. So, you know, you gotta be careful when you go that, down that route. Um, but is it, you know, is it going to cause more issues than, than it's worth, I guess. And then uh, Joshua, I'm going to steal one from you because Joshua has three criteria, just so you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to steal four. one from him. He made such a, you have four. Well, then I'll only steal one of them and then you can have the other three. Um, is it fine? Because we, we talked about this last podcast. Is it financially responsible for you to get one? Uh, guys, tattoos are not cheap. And, and if you're, if you're, you know, cutting out necessities of your life because you just want more ink, then, then you've got your priorities messed up. Uh, and it's a very unwise decision at that point. So, yeah. But I can say the same thing about a lot of stuff, like you know, going out to eat when you can have a ham sandwich. Um, which right. I'm on occasion 
guilty of. I've not missed a payment on my house or lights or anything like that. But you know, there's and we had ham sandwiches today. We did have ham sandwiches today. It's good too. <laughs> Well, okay, so uh, the wise versus unwise, I think, is a good discussion to have. Um, more and more people need to think that, you know, just because th- this is, we, we've talked about this on previous podcasts, this is the Colossians 2, Colossians 3 dichotomy. Colossians 2, Paul says, you have freedom in Christ. Don't right. listen to people who say, don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. Um, yeah. But then in chapter 3, he says, set your mind on things above. So we have to do well, things with our mind, set on things too. above. Yeah, well, oh, it's, a, it's a first Corinthians issue, too, where Paul says that, you know, there are a lot of things that are permissible. It doesn't mean that they're beneficial, especially when you start right. talking about the liberties that you have with others within the body of Christ. So, yeah. anyway, go ahead. So, well, so here are my four criteria. So you guys gave full disclosure. I'll give full disclosure. Full disclosure. I do not have a tattoo. I would love to get one. Um, <laughs> I don't think that I ever will. And the reason I don't think I ever will is because of some of these criteria. So number one, does it or can it honor God? Now, that doesn't mean it has to be a cross or it has to be a Bible verse. It just means it doesn't need to be profane or obscene, you know, something like that. Um, But can you honor God with it? Number two, can you live with it? You mentioned that, Nathan, like uh, I know people who get their girlfriend's names or, or their wives' names tattooed, and then they go through a breakup or a divorce. Uh, yeah. Obviously not a wise thing. Um, number three, and this is the reason why I don't think I'll ever get one. Um, yeah. And it goes to what Harrison said. Will it impact my ministry or my Christian life? Where I am, uh, I think that I would do more harm than good if I was to get a tattoo and people knew about it. Um, I, I just don't think that the congregation that I serve in the area and community that I serve would respond well to it. I don't think that they would necessarily say, oh, our preacher is sinful and we need to fire him and disfellowship him and all that. I just don't think that people would have the same view of me as they do now. I've worked a long time to build what little respect I have, and I don't want to lose that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I just don't think I don't think that that would be feasible for me to do, at least at this time in my life. And then, like you said, number four, is it financially feasible? Because dad gummit, those things are expensive. And yeah. <laughs> I don't, and you got to sit through many sessions. And, you know, th- yeah, there's a lot the, more criteria that we could, yeah, there's a lot more criteria we could do um, yeah. with this. But those four, I think, rounded out for me because I think for three of them, if I only had three for me, I would probably go get one. Um, right. You know, I, I've always thought it would be cool to have a matching tattoo or a complimentary tattoo with my wife. Um, right. But I again, I from where I'm at, I just don't think that would be feasible. I shared the story with you yesterday. Um, I'll, I'll leave names and relationships out. But there's a gentleman that I know who yeah. and I know him very well, very personally, that yeah. he's he will not be the hell in the handbasket guy with tattoos. But right. if I went to him and said, I want to get a tattoo. He would tell me that it would be sinful for me to do that. And because of my relationship with this person, if I did go get one, it would really jeopardize that relationship. So it would be a very unwise thing for me um, at this stage of my life to go do that. Um, Now, that's an individual thing. Everybody has to really sit down and think about this. And I would say the same thing is true with um, people who are like, you know, maybe girls who want to, get their belly button pierced. Like, well, if you want to do that, maybe you ought to think about why you want to do that and the implications of that, you know? So so that's, that's a good segue, Joshua, because the next question that I had, uh, not the big one, but the next question that I had was, is there any sort of limit or standard uh, by which Christians should use when it comes to what we use as adorning themselves, right? Because you and I grew up through uh, the heyday of like modesty and purity culture. Um, and and my big, my big pet peeve with modesty, uh, and I don't mind this because I was a youth minister for for several years as well. My big pet peeve with modesty is that we don't teach modesty correctly because we don't ever approach it from the biblical definition of what modesty is. Modesty is almost always aimed at young women. Um, and if we're going to get even more honest with ourselves, it's generally only aimed at young, attractive women. Um, when, when you start talking about modesty and being sure to cover yourselves up. Now, as a youth minister, I had a new produce rule, right? No, no buns, no melons, no bananas should be seen, uh, you know, when you're on, on youth trips. That's just, that's, I I think that. that's a good rule to live by. Uh, but that's, you know, that's the produce rule. Um, and, and so, you know, that's, that's one of those. 
I mean, it's just, it's, 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 a, but so I guess that, that's kind of that's the question. Good, we talk a lot about, yeah. Well, I mean, we talk a lot about modesty, right? Yeah. We talk a lot about, is it culturally, culturally appropriate? Yeah. Um, you know, there was a, there was a time where if you had a tattoo, there was a time in, in this day and in this, in this country, right? If you had a tattoo, you were a criminal, right? Like you were a criminal or you yeah. were affiliated with a gang or something, something along those lines. Like you'd never be able to get a job if you had a tattoo. And now having a tattoo means like you make a mean pork belly risotto. Like, I mean, it's just, there's, there's so much. Nobody's ever told me that. <laughs> Are there any other considerations to make, right? Your ideas of, of your liberty versus your motives and that sort of stuff. So is there is there any limit or standard that, that Christians should should strive for when it comes to any of this stuff? And I think is a question that has to be asked. Yeah, well to your point, Nathan, it's it's really the opposite now. It's like, oh, you don't have a tattoo? What in the world's wrong with you? You mean your parents didn't take you when you were eighteen to get a tattoo or or sixteen or however old? Or, or, yeah, you, you don't have a tattoo. You must be, you must be scared of needles, right? Because that's the only logical reason as to why you wouldn't have a tattoo. Well, I am um, horrified of needles. Well, you do have to. You do have to undergo. Yeah. Well, so like you know, it's without getting into the process of what getting a tattoo is actually like. I tell people all the time. Uh, well, so here, here's the other part of it too, right? Um, tattoo parlors have a much different reputation now than they used to. Sure. Um, I, as a youth minister, I told uh, I told young girls all the time they were talking about, "Hey, I'm so excited! My mom is taking me to get my ear pierced or my nose pierced or whatever," and I'd ask them where. Uh, if they said the mall, Walmart, Claire, something like that, I was like, don't do it. Uh, go to a tattoo parlor um, because those places are so much more well-equipped to perform things like ear piercings and, and all of those different things mm-hmm. than like, you know, having a, a what I refer to as the nasty gun from Walmart that's been, you know, that, that's been used on 300 years already today. Um, yeah. so, well, you know, there, there's all sorts of stuff like that, that, that happens. Um, well, here, here's the thing. There, there are parameters around everything we do as a Christian. Mm-hmm. And so, um, modesty is also one of those. We do misinterpret modesty because in there, in the context of the Bible, modesty has more to do with your demeanor as a person, like the quiet and gentle spirit that Peter talks about. Um, right. that is still in, in regard to women. Um, we we often talk about modesty in terms of clothing. Yeah, the New Testament hardly ever talks about it in terms of clothing because in the first century everyone wore the same exact thing and it was a toga. Yeah, well, right? or, so, when, when when the New Testament talks about those that are dressing immodestly, it's always referred to those that are dressing up, right? Like they're dressing that's, overly that's right. elaborate to attract that's attention right. to themselves. We want to use it the exact opposite. Like you need to put more clothes on. I was like, well, actually. Mm-hmm. Bible says I should not wear that many clothes, but I mean, not, not exactly. Right. Like, again, that's, that's, that's taking that stuff out of context. Yeah. Well, the, the modesty of the Bible is, is talking about those, like you said, they're, they're uh, adorning themselves with gold. They're braiding their hair, which was a flamboyant way of, uh, there's an ancient historian named Plutarch who wrote about a woman who um, got, who got some disease and lost all of her hair and how she yeah. killed herself because of it, because the hair was like the staple of society. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we have to keep those things in mind. But like well, I said, ever, nobody, ever preaches, nobody ever preached a sermon condemning people from showing off their new Rolex or their, right. new, you know, $500 suit or whatever, to, you know, that may be cheap yeah. or something. Well, I don't know, but, um, well anyway, I'm sorry. There, a, there are parameters for everything that we do in Christ. Paul says that there is, uh, neither Jew nor Greek, slave or free, male or female, that we're all one in Christ. And he also says that there is only new creation in Christ. So if you are a new creation, you have a new creation life. It's mm-hmm. the new birth, and uh, that is life in Christ. So how you live that is uh, depicted in the New Testament by the life of Jesus as our example, parameters set by apostolic teaching, and um you know how how you dress, how you talk, how you uh, present yourself physically is a very important thing. It really is, um, it, especially culturally. It can bring in a lot of people. It can. Talk. I can tell you right now, if I wear a suit, like I, I preach in a suit, right. um, 
if I wear a suit to the homeless shelter and try to get a homeless ministry, it ain't going to happen. Right. It's not going to happen. So um, there is a lot to what we wear and how we adorn ourselves, but within what parameters? That's the question. Okay. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, when we're talking about adorning and what I kind of took notes on, um, I'm going to kind of, I guess, take it a a little bit different direction than what what Joshua just did, because I I agree with you. Uh, Absolutely. You know, how you dress and your outward appearance is very important. Uh, it just, I mean, just like just like you were describing, uh, I went back to to Genesis and and you know in Genesis chapter three after uh, Adam and Eve have, have eaten of the fruit and um, they have found that they are that they are naked um, and God um, says where are you and and the first thing that, that Adam says is that um, I hid because I, I was naked and the first thing that Adam brings up is his outward appearance and the first thing that God addresses is how did you know that you were naked. And talks about you know the separate what well, doesn't really talk about, but it, it seems to me anyway that God is more concerned with the act that Adam went through that separated his heart from God. And after um, they talk about that and they address that, God goes through that act and the punishment before He addresses that Adam is naked. And so I, I kind of rambled a little bit there, but the the moral that that I took from that, and I think it's a theme that you can see throughout the Bible, is that where we sometimes are more focused on our outward appearance and our outward, how we adorn ourselves. God is more focused on what is inward and, and what's in our heart. Um, so are there parameters? Absolutely. Um, does our outward appearance matter? Yes. Is it as important as what's in your heart? I would say probably not. <laughs> and I think that that's something that, that we see from, from Genesis and throughout the rest yeah. of the so and listen there there comes with and i'm sure you again like like i said you said that there absolutely are parameters and there are parameters right like you know well i killed a guy but my heart was really in the right place when i did it i'm like okay there are still things that are right and that are wrong right but, but when it comes to situations like this so here's my barn burner of a question Josh. we'll kind of end on this um because I'm, I'm curious as your thoughts because again and, and and i think it's I'm not asking this as like a as a trying to stir the pot type person. Okay, I'm really I'm not that kind of guy. Um, well, I think it's a question that needs to be asked because we talk a lot about Christian liberty versus versus uh, what is permissible and what's not, like pushing pushing a guy <laughs> off the roof, right? Um, do we coddle weak Christians in in conversations like this? Um, and I mean that in like a sense of, you know, when, when a Christian, and again, don't get me wrong, because I think to a lot of different circumstances um, where, you know, because I even made the comment, like we talked about, well, with the whole masking thing post-COVID, right? Well, I don't need to wear a mask. I don't have to wear a mask. And if somebody's going to ask you to wear a mask, just put one on. It's not a big deal. Um, but do, do we, so for, for those that that legitimately think that like, getting a tattoo is opening up a door for demon possession, right? Like if you're that weak of a Christian in in your overall faith, do we coddle those people too much? Do we cater to those people too much? Or is there a line where we have to go, okay, look, you're being a bit ridiculous. Let's move on. Um, I I just kind of want to get your thoughts on that in in a sense. Cause I think that there, I don't think it's, I'm not, I don't think it's just tattoos that we do that with. I think there's a lot of different topics that we look at Christians who get really vocally upset about something. And there's a, a desire to want to go, okay, look, I hear you and I want to respect you, but at some point, we got to move on to really important things. Um, I mean, Paul even makes the comment that, you know, hey, look, I would love to be able to give you guys solid food, but you're still needing milk. And it's kind of, I'm paraphrasing, but Paul's like, it's kind of frustrating, honestly. Um, so I'm just, I'm just curious, do we, do we coddle weak Christians in that regard? Like, do we cater too much to, to Christians and, and that are weaker in the faith? Uh, and should we, like I said, because I think there's obviously an argument to be made that that if, if a Christian comes and says, look, I would really prefer if you didn't do this, then we as Christians have a responsibility to go, hey, look, I really ought to consider not doing this. Uh, so g- give me your thoughts on that as we kind of wrap this one up. Yeah, so. Uh, or not. I, it, you can just let that's a stupid question and we'll move on. No, so. in, in the realm of full transparency that we've been doing this whole podcast. The greatest criticism that I get as a preacher is that when I teach Bible classes, 
they can get really complicated really fast. And absolutely. Uh, uh, well, not necessarily. It's it's more of it. My classes can be like drinking out of a fire hose, and and I know that. However, I teach people who have been Christians for over twenty years. You know, yeah. uh, I I don't think that someone who's been a Christian for 20 years should be learning the same as a Christian who has been a Christian for five years. You know, there is an element to growth that should come with Christians. So here, here's the deal about what you said about do we coddle these kinds of Christians? Well, in a way we do, but what, there's two fundamental problems. One, Christians are afraid to critically think. And number two, Christians are so willing to hold on to tradition in this is what I've heard, this is what grandmama said, instead of actually looking at the text of Scripture the way the text of Scripture demands to be looked at and, and taking that. And, and we're just, Christians are afraid to critically learn. And that is a problem because God calls us to that. God has revealed himself to us in the pages of Scripture and it's not anybody's fault that we're just thousands of years removed. The burden is on us to study the text of Scripture as it, as it should be. But I, I, since we're talking about tattoos, I'll use that as the example. Tradition in American history says if you have a tattoo, you're a criminal, you're, you're a degenerate, you are the worst of the you're worst. You know, yeah, you're, you're sketchy or person. at the best, you were in the military. Okay, that's yes. yeah, that, that's it. But, <laughs> yeah, but that, okay. that, yeah, that's tradition, right? Yeah. That's American tradition putting morality in a place that isn't uh, t- defined by Scripture. So I think rather than coddle these people, I think we need to sit down and say, look, I want to have an honest conversation with you from Scripture. I want us to study the, the word and let it lead us. Uh, put our opinions out, and let's see where the word takes us. And when we do that, we'll always be right. Now, getting people to leave their opinions aside, we're going to be a little harder than, than oh, yeah. what I'm making it out to be. But so uh, I'll, be, I'll be bold enough to say that I don't think we'll ever get to a point where people will leave their opinions aside. Uh, well, everybody that's, that's, has biases, but exactly. it, it is very, very difficult. Um, you know, the, these, and I mean, you guys, y'all have already mentioned, y'all grew up in a conservative church. I grew up in a very, I've still preached for what I would consider to be conservatively minded church, but I grew up in the non-institutional church of Christ. You don't get more conservative than that. Um, so people are just afraid to sit down and really critically study the Bible. And that's what the Lord calls us to do. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, very similar thoughts. Um, do we coddle these people? Yeah, we do. Um, I don't know that I would go so far as to say weak Christians, but um, you know, like like Josh was saying, Christians who don't want to have their opinions challenged, who uh, and we can all be like that, you know. Now, tattoos is uh, one that that I feel like I'm pretty open minded on, um, but there are some things where I'm going to be pretty stubborn on, and and that's that's something that you that you have to check. And I I've, I've really hesitated um, going down on my soapbox, um, but we, since we brought it up a couple of times, do it. You know, when we talk about this idea of influence and we talk about, um, and I know that y'all talked about it a lot last month when we were talking about gambling, I believe it was, um, and this idea of, of, of influence and it, it always seems that, that, that argument is always kind of the end all be all for these kinds of things, whether it's gambling, whether it's drinking, whether it's tattoos, because at least in my experience, it has always been the the mindset that has been presented to me that your impact and your influence in doing these things can only ever be negative period therefore you shouldn't do it mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. just not true now i'm not here to say go get jesus printed on your forehead so that you know that's not what i'm saying mm-hmm. but i am i will say that you know my my tattoo has a bible verse i have started so many more conversations through my tattoo than i have in any other avenue um, in in trying to to talk with people about Jesus, um, mm-hmm. they haven't all gone anywhere, and it's been things from what does that verse say to what does this mean to it's a verse from Hebrews it's from who's Herb is that your granddad? <laughs> 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 but and I want to be careful with that. I'm not saying I'm not saying that 
Yeah. Don't get a tattoo. Don't get a Bible verse tattooed on your forehead so you can bring people to Christ, right? Exactly. Like that. And that yeah, yeah. Doesn't, and doesn't diminish the rest of the conversation that we've had. Right. But when yeah. you're talking about influence, it seems to me like we are too quick to say, because of what you were saying to the top of right. that your impact will only ever be negative if you listen to the tattoo. And I just don't feel like that's the case. It's true. Yeah. Well, you have to. One thing they teach you in, in school when you're going to learn how to be a preacher, like they said this over and over again at Freed Hardeman, was you have to know your you have to know your audience. For sure. Um, I think that that goes hand in hand with what we're talking about here, because like I don't want people listening to think that Harrison and I are disagreeing because I said, like, for me, I wouldn't get one because of my influence. Well, yeah. I know my audience, you know, Absolutely. Absolutely. now maybe I mean. If my if my demographic changed, if my audience changed, you know, maybe I would feel more free to do that. Um, you still wouldn't. You're scared of needles. <laughs> I'm horrified of needles. Um, <laughs> you guys have no idea. Like the one thing that Kayla does that will I've I've left the house before because she's threatened to do this. Kayla is a nurse, my wife, and uh, she'll come home with like IV starters, and she'll be like, "Can I practice starting IVs on you?" I will leave the house. <laughs> Absolutely. My wife is a nurse too. I, I totally understand what you're saying. And I'm not afraid of needles, but like, should we have needles like this big? Yeah. <laughs> like, can I poke you with it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. Well, guys, I think this has been a really, really good conversation. Uh, he thought I hope so people too. have heard it. Yeah, man, we're, we're going to, like I said, for, for this is for people that are watching have done this for a while, you know, this is not the most normal setup that we ever had, but we're, we're working through some things and, and it's all going to be good and on the up and up. But, uh, Joshua, any any anything before you before we get going? No? Yes, I think I've said my piece. Everybody said their piece at that point. As I'm, I'm gonna throw in one last thing. Just just uh Is I, this I know, the part I'm gonna have to edit out. No. <laughs> in this conversation, I didn't think it was it, it was uh, a good topic to bring up to discuss, but just something to for your listeners to to think about as you walk away from from this video. Uh, should you get a tattoo, how should you adorn yourself are important questions. I think the more important question is, how would Jesus treat somebody with a tattoo? And how, uh, how would his heart reflect that? And, and are you reflecting the same way that Jesus would treat those people? I think that's the more important question. It's a great sure. one. For sure. See, he does pretend to be smart from time to time. So, uh, But guys, as always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you've got other questions or topics that you want to hear us discuss, by all means, reach out to us. If you're ever in Middle Tennessee, as I'm going to be this weekend, Believe it or not, you could go see Joshua over at the Salem Creek Church of Christ. If you're ever in the western part of the state, uh, you can see me at the Troy Church of Christ. If you uh, are ever in Jackson, Tennessee, Harrison will be hanging out at Campbell Street uh, on occasion. And so you could go see him and be like, hey, I think I saw you one day. Aren't you Nathan? Uh, and he'll have to tell you, no, I'm actually his brother. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, guys, thank you so much uh, for, for listening. This has been uh, your content warning. Until next time, we'll, we'll see you.